The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson. Welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. You can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10am Australian Eastern Standard Time. With the deepening rift between Australia and Indonesia over the spy scandal, there are clear tensions that are not going away anytime soon. So why are the Indonesians reacting to Australia in this way and what is the likely outcome of the growing unrest in Indonesia? Dr Peter Riddell is an Indonesian specialist and the Vice Principal at the Centre for the Study of Islam and Other Faiths at the Melbourne School of Theology. Peter Riddell, welcome to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's good to be here. Peter, there are clear cultural differences between Indonesia and Australia with the revelations that we've been hearing in the mainstream news media about the spying allegations, is there a cultural dimension to talking about how Indonesia has received this news, that they are uh, on the receiving end of spying from Australia? Well, yes, indeed, Neil, uh, there is. I think there's a, there's a lot going on in this whole story. Um, we can focus on the details of uh, the daily reports that are taking place, um, but we need to we need to take account of uh, cultural differences, some significant cultural differences, I think, between Australians and Indonesians. Um, on the Indonesian side, um, uh, in, Indonesian culture um, is very much an honour shame culture, uh, as anthropologists talk about it, where uh, issues of face and loss of face are, are very very important. Um, as we know, in, in Australia, mainstream Australia is very much a um, culture where we speak our minds, where we say what we think. Uh, it, that can be quite abrasive, and indeed it's regarded in some quarters of Asia as rather vulgar. Um, but nevertheless, um, when you have two cultures sitting side by side, one where uh, understatement is important and respect for authority is, is highly valued, and the other where authority is challenged uh, and people speak their minds, there's an inevitable recipe for difficulties and I think to be honest the kinds of difficulties we're experiencing at the moment will no doubt flare up again in years to come in in the relationship between the two countries. So you think it's very clearly a cultural issue where you've seen uh, the likes of President Cecilio Bambang Yudiano uh, almost embarrassed by the idea that his phone might well have been tapped by Australia when really I, I suspect that uh, uh, that there would be a an underlying knowing uh, that there is spying that goes on, perhaps even between the two countries. Yes, look, um, I think this kind of... Um Information gathering is part and parcel of uh, diplomatic activity. I think all countries do it. Um, all major uh, embassies would be doing it, and I would be very surprised if uh, if uh, the uh, same thing were not happening in embassies other than the Australian one as well. But what I think is key is, having lived in both Indonesia and Australia, 
one of the things that struck me as quite different was the 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 regard for the the the, the leader of the country, the respect in Indonesia, the the way that the the leader is is uh, sort of protected uh, and shielded from the kind of constant uh, criticism that the Australian Prime Minister gets, and um, and so on the one hand you have a country where the leader is is upheld and his reputation is is protected because it's seen as uh, part of national honour. On the other hand, in here in Australia, of course, we're constantly sniping at our Prime Minister. So when uh, an event like this happens where the Indonesian president himself is subject to this kind of activity, then it's, it's considered as a national insult um, by Indonesians. And uh, I think that's important to understand that in the current circumstances. So the reaction that's come from Indonesia, those uh, cuts in cooperation, whether they be militarily directed or whether it's to do with the people smuggling activities that we were cooperating on, uh, those sorts of reactions are to be expected when you get this sort of uh, cultural insult. I think so, and also the fact that it's been brought into the public domain. Uh, uh, to be honest, I think if uh, if one had asked Indonesian authorities whether uh, three months ago whether they suspected that uh, the Australian embassy was doing this kind of information gathering, then they may well have said, "Well, yes, we do," but uh, that's the kind of thing that nobody talks about. Um, the fact that it's come into the cult into the public domain, um, which of course is is how the Western media operates, uh, has made it necessary for the Indonesians to give a pretty um, active public response. What about the idea of a culturally appropriate apology? Now, the Prime Minister has written to uh, the Indonesian president. Uh, How would that be received? And uh, would there be a particular protocol, a particular way of presenting an apology that might be acceptable in that culture? Well, yes, uh, I think um, the Prime, Prime Minister Abbott is probably being well advised by uh, his uh, his experts um, to issue the kind of apology that uh, is needed. And under these circumstances, it would be an apology which uh, regrets what has happened in the past and which uh, which uh, undertakes to to avoid any embarrassment in the future. Um, I, this will happen. I think this this incident will blow over. Um, it'll blow over in the next month or so, and we will then. Uh, go on to a further relationship but then uh, there will be further difficulties in the future. I think uh, uh, the, the differences between the two cultures mean that there will always be some, some difficulties that pop up from time to time. Some of the protests that we've seen on our newscasts uh, Peter, where you've got uh, uh, Islamic mobs uh, who have been uh, you know, throwing eggs at the Australian Embassy and, uh, and setting alight uh, effigies and pictures of the Prime Minister Tony Abbott uh, those sorts of things, when it gets into the grassroots, a little bit harder to control than if it's at a government level. Well, that's right. Um, I think in this case, it's interesting that those events have taken place because, um, in a sense, those kinds of public response by um, private groups uh, are a window into the extent to which the events are seen as a, as a, as a, as a national insult uh, because those protests have taken place. The effigy of the Prime Minister has, has been, uh, has been uh, attacked and so forth. And the fact that the Indonesian security authorities have allowed that to happen is a statement in itself. Peter Riddell is our guest. He is an Indonesian specialist, vice principal at the Centre for the Study of Islam and Other Faiths at the Melbourne School of Theology. Peter, stay with us. I'd love to continue our conversation. It's fascinating hearing about this uh, different culture of Indonesia. If you'll stay with us, we'll come back and talk some more shortly. Okay, thank you. 
You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking about the insults and the deepening rift between Australia and Indonesia over the Australian intelligence gathering that's become a spy scandal. Dr. Peter Riddell is our guest. He's an Indonesian specialist and the Vice Principal at the Centre for the Study of Islam and Other Faiths at the Melbourne School of Theology. Peter, you mentioned that the Australian spy scandal is seen culturally as a national insult to Indonesians. Where there is an Islamic majority that also feels insulted, do the Indonesians tend to see the insult as coming from Australia as a Christian nation? And is there an issue here between Islam and Christianity? Well, we need to look uh, closely at uh, some of the groups that are in- involved in this. Um, Indonesia has been through what it calls a reform era since uh, 1998, since the fall of President Suharto. And during those last 15 years, uh, there has been a move towards greater democratization and greater devolution of power. So the previous regime, up to 1998, was very closely controlled from the centre by uh, a military government. Since 1998, there's been much greater devolution and freedom allowed. And of course, freedom allows all kinds of groups to to emerge, including groups which are um, groups that are inclined to intimidate, uh, groups that are inclined to be troublemakers, um, troublemakers both to the Indonesian government and to outside as well. Now, some of the reactions we've seen uh, in recent days against uh, the allegations of Australian spying have come from uh, groups that are, have been involved in troubles of all different kinds, from more uh, radical Islamic groups, uh, from more activist groups. And these are not groups that are necessarily good friends with the Indonesian government at all, but they are uh, perhaps taking the slight as a personal slight against Indonesia, against themselves and against their faith. It's always a challenge when you hear reports that some of those groups had been calling for war between Indonesia and Australia. Uh, That certainly would be a spiralling out of control uh, to the sorts of incidents we might be talking about. Yes, I think we need to take those kinds of calls uh, in perspective. Um, I don't for a moment believe that the Indonesian government would allow uh, that kind of call to be realised. And indeed, I'm sure the Indonesian government wouldn't agree with that kind of attitude uh, by some of those more extremist groups. Um, Such calls for war are coming from extremist groups um, and that won't come to pass. Uh, But it, it expresses their angst and their their desire to really exploit a situation for their own advantage and to get uh, media mileage out of it. Talking about Australia for a moment, because Australia now uh, prides itself in being a secular nation, uh, but that secularism, as it has been permeating through all different aspects of our culture, is that making us ignorant to the religious and cultural differences that our neighbours might be seeing in us? Well, I think it certainly is, um, and that goes beyond this particular incident. Uh, It's noticeable that um, when there are uh, religious uh, issues and religious disputes that uh, arise overseas among populations such as in Indonesia, populations that are highly religious themselves, secularism is not so great in Indonesia, it's noticeable that uh, many Australian commentators really struggle to grapple with the issues because of the low level of religious literacy Uh, here in Australia. Secularism really means uh, an abandoning of any context of religion. I guess if you hold tight to a 
Christian heritage, if you have a Christian foundation, you have at least a a point of reference whereby you can talk about and understand other religious cultures. But if you turn to the secular model, uh, you're really abandoning any uh, any focal point of understanding. Well, that's right. And there have been some uh, cases in the past of uh, sectarian differences between groups, um, some fighting in the eastern islands of Indonesia, for example, about uh, a decade ago, between um, radical uh, Islamic groups and Christian groups there, where there clearly was a religious dimension to it, but uh, often secular commentators from the West dismiss it as being um, simply sectarian or political or attributing some reason to it other than religious because they just don't have the religious instinct to understand what's going on. Peter, Cecile uh, Bambang Udiano, does he have a religious faith that he holds too deeply and is his reaction based in some way upon his religious faith uh, and, and seeing this sort of secular context coming from Australia that is trampling over some of their cultural sensitivities? Uh, President Yudhiyono uh, is is a Muslim, but I do not believe that uh, his reaction is uh, based on a Muslim response as such. Indone- the Indonesian Muslim community is quite diverse. Um, there are some quite loud and outspoken minority groups which are activists, which are militant, which have caused a lot of trouble over the last decade and more. Um, but the, the mainstream in Indonesia is uh, still relatively uh, moderate, uh, fortunately, and and uh, President Yudhoyono would not would not be allying himself with the more extreme ends of the uh, Indonesian political spectrum on this score. His reaction and the reaction of his political colleagues around him has related more to a sense of personal slight and a need to give a public response once the revelations were made public by the Western media. What are your predictions as to the way forward here? Uh, is Australia likely to heal the, the rift at the moment? Is there likely to be some sort of a Band-Aid solution? Will there be an ongoing uh, festering of what's happened with these spying allegations? Oh, look, I think um, this will no doubt blow over. This is a, a storm at the moment. Um, we are perhaps at the eye of the storm at this very moment. It will blow over. There will be an apology of some kind issued by Prime Minister Abbott, and that has probably already gone in the form of his letter on Sunday. Um, there, there will be a coming together, a uh, shaking of hands. Uh, the relationship will be repaired, and then we will go on into, into the future until the next uh, un- dis- uh, uncomfortable event happens. Um, I think realistically, uh, the relationship between Australia and Indonesia will be a little like the historical relationship between England and France, allies but uncomfortable allies. Well, Dr. Peter Riddell, our guest. Uh, Good getting your insights, Peter. Peter is an Indonesian specialist, also the vice principal at the Centre for the Study of Islam and Other Faiths at the Melbourne School of Theology. Peter, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.